Greetings and welcome to another edition of AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your host, Superintendent Michael Matsuda, Superintendent of the Anaheim Union High School District. And as our 7,000 plus podcast listeners know, this show is all about the future of education in not only in Orange County, but regionally and nationally. And we've been blessed to have some amazing national leaders, national educators, uh, CEOs of companies. And today's guest is a longtime friend of AUHSD, uh, a really amazing uh, transformational leader, the president of Cal State Fullerton, Mr. Fran Virgie, Dr. Fran Virgie. So uh, Fran, would you like to say hi to our audience? Well, I'm, I'm very glad to say hi and very glad to see you, Mike. As uh, uh, you know, when you, when you said uh, uh, Anaheim uh, Union High School District, I felt like I should cheer because that, how much uh, I, I love your district and I, our district um, and, and what a great relationship we have, we have with each other. You know, we have 41,500 students and a whole lot of them come right from you guys. So uh, great to be here uh, and great to talk to your listeners. Well, wonderful. So um, we always start with that first question about, you know, who who are you, Fram, and what is your story, and how did you become the president of a major powerhouse like Cal State Fullerton? Well, you know, it's kind of a strange story. I have I didn't come to um, higher ed like most people do. Um, uh, I am a, an immigrant to this country. Uh, my dad is from India. My mom is from Sweden. And I was actually, uh, my dad was a ship captain uh, in the uh, British Merchant Marines because India was still a British colony when he was born. And so uh, uh, he was allowed to take his family to sea. So I was literally almost born on the ship. Uh, they had to pull the ship into the harbor in London, which is the only reason I was born in London. So I'm an, uh, an Englishman of sorts. Uh, and uh, so I grew up my first uh, six years sailing the seven seas uh, on a, on a, on a ship with my parents. Uh, they decided I had to go to school. Um, and my dad is an orphan. My mom had family here in California. So we moved to the United States, came across on the queen Mary, believe it or not, never knowing it was going to be in my own backyard for the rest of my life. Uh, and, uh, I grew up in San Pedro, California, right up the freeway from here. Um, I am first generation. I am the first in my family to go to college. Uh, not just in my, uh, uh, own personal family with mom and dad and my sister, but my all my aunts and uncles and uh, cousins and everybody else. Uh, I went to uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara for uh, undergrad. Uh, the only reason I went there is because they had a great water polo team and I wanted to play water polo. I wasn't very sophisticated in my choice of college. Uh, don't follow in my, my footsteps. Uh, but I, it was a great place to go to school. I enjoyed it. I did play water polo there. Met my, the love of my life, Julie, there my first week of school. We've been married ever since. Uh, and I went through four years of uh, Santa Barbara and then straight into law school. Uh, I wanted to be uh, a person that changed the world. Uh, between my junior and senior year of college, I spent some time in Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill. And I knew I was going to be president of the United States. Right. That's what I was going to do. And you had to go to law school for that. Yeah. So I wanted to go to Georgetown Law School, which was the best law school around uh, for if you wanted to be in politics. Applied, got in and everything else. Well, back then, and this is a long time ago, 1982, Georgetown was about $30,000 a year, which was a whole lot of money for my family. And I came downstairs and I was listening to my parents 
and they were, my dad was talking about selling the family car so that I could go to law school. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I can't do that to my folks. And I had gotten into UC Hastings, which was uh, very highly ranked, even higher ranked than Georgetown. And uh, it was $800 a year. So I came in and told mom and dad, I think I'm going to Hastings. And my parents danced in the, in the kitchen uh, and sent me off to sent me off to law school. I spent three years at Hastings, had a great time, loved law school, uh, knew nothing about what it was to be going to be to be a lawyer, but uh, was blessed uh, beyond measure to uh, be able to go to work at a law firm, O'Melveny and Myers, which is one of the largest law firms in the country, the oldest law firms in California. And Warren Christopher, who was secretary of state, was at my firm and was my mentor. And Bill Coleman, who was the secretary of transportation, the first African-American cabinet member, was my mentor at O'Melveny. And I spent 30 years at O'Melveny working, had a great career, loved it, and retired because Julie and I have a nonprofit in Rwanda. Uh, we have a deaf school and a preschool and sewing cooperatives and a whole bunch of stuff. So we were going to move to Rwanda and uh, spend the rest of our uh, uh, productive years uh, in Rwanda. And I got sidetracked. The chancellor asked me to come to the US, uh, CSU system and be the general counsel the lawyer, the chief lawyer for all 23 campuses. I said, no, nah, I'm running away from being a lawyer. I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I want to, I want to do something meaningful. I want to make change. I want to make the world a better place. He said, what are you crazy? I have 500,000 students who are going to make this world a better place. Come to the CSU and help me make the CSU better so that they can make the world better. And he said, you know, you've been sucking it out of California for a long time. It's time for you to get back to California before you go off to Rwanda. I couldn't argue with that. And I went to, uh, to uh, the, the, the system office and was the general counsel for five years. Then I'm ready to go to Rwanda. Julie's saying, it's about time we go. And the, and the chancellor says, yeah, I just got one more thing for you to do. Maybe could you go down to Fullerton to be the president? And I thought, oh, my gosh. I never in my million years did I think that I'd be a college president. I had taught at Chapman Law School and at Claremont Graduate School. So I knew and I had represented universities my whole life, um, my whole legal career. And so I thought about it a lot for about three seconds. And I said, absolutely. And here I am. And it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. It's not a job. It's an identity. It's a, it's it's a, a calling. It's a calling. And I love it. It's just fantastic. So that's my story. You know, that is an amazing story. That's the first time I've heard the whole story. And uh, this, because I know that you are sophisticated, a sophisticated leader in terms of understanding the complexity of being a first-generation immigrant, you know, with all of the challenges coming from poverty, right, really connecting and advocating for so many of our young people. In fact, I think when I first met you, you, just, you were like, I think, the interim president, but you coming out of the CSU system. And you, you took a look at uh, our Promise Initiative, we call it the Anaheim Pledge, Right. And, uh, you know, the rest is history because we've had tremendous success with these types of, uh, you know, collaboratives between Cal State, UCI uh, Community College, and, of course, the K-12 feeder, which is us. We have tremendous uh, metrics across the board. Um, why, coming from, from you as a president, why is this so important, especially focusing on uh, Latinx, uh, African-American, and other marginalized st student groups? Well, Michael, I think you and I would agree that education is the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. it, is the, it is the best opportunity to provide equity 
and just social justice and uh, create an inclusive community. Um, it, it's the only way from my perspective. I know what education has done for me and, and, and the people around me. And we at Cal State Fullerton, like um, Anaheim Union High School District, we are today what Orange County will be next week. We are what California will be next month and our whole country will be next year. We're 50% Latinx at Cal State Fullerton. We're 25% Asian Pacific Islander at Cal State Fullerton and then 25% everything else. We're 60% first gen, 60% Pell eligible students. So we're the only CSU in Orange County. Now that may not sound like a big deal, but there are five in LA County. There's two in San Diego, five in the Bay Area, three in the Imperial Valley. And there's one in Orange County. So we take our um, responsibility very seriously. Many of our students are Anaheim students. Um, and these students are first generation college students, just like I was. Um, these students, uh, I, I see them on our campus. I see our, our first gen students on our campus. All our students, just like your high school students, carry backpacks with all their books and everything. But I can see my first gen students because they're not just carrying their books. They're carrying mom and dad and their aunts and uncles and everybody else on their shoulders as well. If they do this, if they succeed, not just are the brothers and sisters going to go, but I have moms and dads coming back to college, aunts and uncles coming to college. Um, a college degree, if you get it, it's something that can never be taken away from you. It uh, is, uh, it, it's holding your, it's emitting in, in, in the future into your body. Um, so higher education is not just important for economic development, which of course it is in, in Orange County. It's so important to us, but it's also important for equity, for social justice, for building community, knitting people together. Having an educated society will expand economic mobility. It'll increase tax revenues, improve equity, but it'll also just build a community that we all want to live in. You know, you've spoken very eloquently and passionately about social justice and equity. What are, what are your major priorities as CSUF president moving forward post-pandemic? Because definitely these gaps are growing if they're not shrinking they're growing yeah yeah i uh these were our goals before the pandemic and after the exigency is just even more important the the emergency is a, is a is even more important look i want my uh first of all closing the equity gaps for all our students to make sure that our latinx students our african-american students our api students our dreamers our lgbtq students graduate at the same rates as our general population Making sure that happens is a huge, huge issue for us. When I came here, our, and this is not, I'm not telling you this because I did it. I'm telling you because we did it, my whole campus. When I came here, the equity gap was at 11.5%. Then we brought it down to 7.5%, 5.5%, 3%. We've closed it for our community college transfer students. And now we're concentrating on our first-time freshmen. So closing that equity gap so they graduate at the same rates. But um I want my students not just to be prepared for their first job, but today's uh, college graduate is going to have three or four different careers. Mm -hmm. So they need to be prepared for their second job and their third job and their fourth job. I don't just want them be, to be prepared for their job. I want them to be prepared for life. I want them to be CEOs and CFOs. Absolutely. But I also want them to be community organizers. I want them to sit on uh, corporate boards, but I want them to sit on boards of education. 
I want to sit them on the United Way board or the Boys and Girls Clubs board to to work in soup kitchens, to um, uh, uh, run nonprofits. I want them to believe in the beloved community that we need to create to support each other. So my top three goals for my students, retention, graduation, and then full-fledged citizens. I want my students to vote. I am so proud that Cal State Fullerton, for the last two election cycles, has registered more students to vote than any other university in California, and more of our students have voted than any other university in California. Huge, uh, huge uh, aspirational goals that you are achieving. And, but you're talking about a big cultural shift, right? All of us who lead uh, public institutions are having to shift the drivers and shift and make cultural changes. What are some of the things that, you know, have been challenging that you feel that you've sort of uh, targeted in terms of this cultural shift? Well, what I'm noticing you know, higher education, education generally, but if, but I will, uh, Michael, you'll laugh at this. If you think it's hard to move a, a high school district or a, or, a, or, a, or, a, or a school district in one direction, try moving higher ed. Oh my gosh, we are so set in our ways. And so one of the things that we've learned is a new, with this new paradigm is to be more, um, not just more resilient, but more flexible. Uh, I remember when, uh, uh, we moved all of our classes online uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I told all my professors, you're going to be teaching on Zoom. And some of them looked like me, like I was from Mars. <laughs> you know, some of them said, Zoom, what is that? Is that, and I'm just teasing about this, but you know, yeah. um, uh, is that a popsicle at 7-Eleven? What is that? You know, right. and now they are unbelievable. <laughs> what they did was they all went back to school themselves and they, um, worked with their curriculum and their and and the way they deliver courses and uh the accessibility for that and now they love it and our students love it now we are we were always resistant we we said face-to-face learning is the only way and i still believe face-to-face learning is really really important but there also have to be alternate delivery systems for some of our students so hybrid classes where students come to class sometimes especially for labs and hand-on experiences flipping the classrooms where the lectures are, are recorded and then you come to class for discussion and interaction, um, uh, recognizing that textbooks are expensive and so using um, online free educational experiences for students. There's so many new and innovative ways. And what I love about this opportunity is the lemonade of the pandemic, which is it frees us to think outside the paradigms that we've been in. And I tell this to my students all the time as well. They say, oh my gosh, my, I've, had, I've had two years of taking on my courses online. And I say, yeah, I totally understand. I do. But do you know that when you go out for a job interview, one of the things they're going to say to you is, well, you know, a lot of this work is done online. Are you, are you, are, can you work for home? Are you a self, uh, self promoter? Can you, can you get yourself going? Can you think strategically? Hey man, I've been going to class that way for two years. I know exactly how to do this. You guys actually have your a leg up on everybody else. So there is a silver lining here. So, um, the SAT has been in the news, uh, recently. The UC has, uh, both board of regents have voted to, uh, uh, really not utilize the SAT anymore, and, and the CSU uh, 
as follow suit as well. So this kind of leaves sort of a, a, a void in terms of how do universities assess uh, students coming in in terms of these types of uh, resilient grit, emotional intelligence that are so needed. What is Cal State Fullerton doing um, that in terms of the admissions process? So we, even before the board of trustees at the CSU decided to uh, abandon the SAT and the ACT, we were moving in a different direction at Cal State Fullerton. So we're doing two things which are really key. And I hope uh, moms and dads and students are listening to this because this is what's coming for Cal State Fullerton and I believe is the future for college admissions more generally. One, we're moving to multi-factor admissions. You know, when the SAT was there, we only had two elements to decide whether you got into the Cal State Fullerton, your GPA and your SAT score. And it created a student eligibility index. Well, gosh, you know, students are a heck of a lot more than their GPA and their SAT score. Some students work while they're going to school. Some students are uh, a breadwinner for their family. They take care of their brothers and sisters or maybe their parents themselves or who knows. They're also very much involved in the community. Some students are, are volunteering and working for uh, social change. Uh, so there's all we're going to have all kinds of different factors that are going going into in a multi-factor test to create a student eligibility index for a whole more holistic admissions process into Cal State Fullerton. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we're going to college-based admissions. Now, what does that mean? We're a university, but we have several different colleges, our College of Engineering and Computer Science, our College of Health and Human Development, our College of the Arts, our College of Communications, our business school. And so you will be admitted into those colleges and then they will have different um, criteria for admitting in that in that multi-factor admissions process. So the goal is to broaden the scope and provide more opportunity for students to show us that they should come to our school. You know, Fram, we've been working on sort of these cutting edge areas, these pathways, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, uh, biotechnology. What What is happening in sort of the parallel universe of universities? Are they moving in these similar directions? And how can we better create these uh, needed partnerships? Yeah, absolutely, we are. Um, you mentioned a couple that are really important for us, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, green energy, um, mm -hmm. environmental engineering, uh, uh, sustainability. Um, uh, but, you know, you can also incorporate in those social issues as well. Diversity, equity, inclusion, social justice, access, uh, 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 psychological well-being, mental health. So we, are, we focus a lot on our campus on those ideas, those big ideas, and let people take courses from different colleges and different areas that are gonna help them with those. We are really, really emphasizing these days, double majors or a major and a minor, or maybe even two minors. Um, or even if you don't do that, maybe let's say you're an arts student. We have an amazing College of the Arts for performing arts, animation, music, etc. If you're going to make music your life, you better know how to read a contract because you're going to want to get paid for what you're doing. So take a business class for, for art majors. Or if you're an engineer, well, if you're going to be a good engineer, eventually you're probably going to be an entrepreneur. 
or you're probably going to have to make presentations, be an administrator, take a communications course, maybe minor in communications. So we emphasize a lot of that more holistic view of what it is you're going to do into the future. Kind of thematically, let's talk about what's important to you, what makes your heart sing as a as a person, as a lifelong learner, what do you want to keep learning for the rest of your life? And let's focus on that. I promise you, if you do that, the rest will fall into place. You're going to find what you like doing if you pursue it with a passion. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's great that you're sort of unleashing the creative energies of the faculty too, in terms of being more uh, approaching uh, life out of the box and being more integrated. And the minute or two that we have left here, Fram, what um, in the post-pandemic world, which is fraught with uncertainty, volatility, what message do you have for our young people today? Well, the, the first thing I would say is everybody is coming out of the pandemic changed to some degree. And so don't don't ignore that. Don't try to go back to where we were. Recognize the new paradigm in which we are living and I don't want people to ignore the tremendous loss, uh, health crises, financial hardships, personal setbacks, but also be willing to embrace this new paradigm um, as an opportunity. Uh, uh, you know, this this uh, the future is going to be different, but that doesn't mean it can't also be better. Understand the framework and the compassion that we need to have for each other. Uh, living through probably the most bizarre and life-changing experiences in our lives that we've had so far, so far, um, you know, it, the, the pandemic revealed some real disparities um, in um, socioeconomics and healthcare uh, accessibility and the digital access. We've been focusing on those things. Um, but uh, if you're willing to uh, recognize and I, you know, probably attack is the wrong word. That's probably not a great word, but embrace this change and um, um, be willing to devour it. Uh, you will soar. It's the, the best days are definitely ahead if you keep learning. So each of you high school students that are listening, you must, I, of course, I want you to come to Cal State Fullerton. Of course. Of course. But it, wherever you go. That's that that's where you belong. So don't be don't be shy to go to community college first if you want. Fullerton College right down the street, Santa Ana College. Um, there are so many great community colleges in Orange County and we partner with them. UCI is a great school. Chapman is a great school. But go to college, get your degree and don't stop there. You know, more uh, this year, more master's degrees were awarded uh, than in any other year in past history. You know, Cal State Fullerton graduates more women than any other university in California, more Latinx students than any other university in California. We are number three in the nation for graduating students of color. We're also a hugely rigorous university, number 13 in the nation for academic rigor, number three in the nation for social mobility, where our kids go when they graduate. So find the place you want to be, find your cohort. Find your posse, find your people so that you stay and you love and you enjoy and bring the joy into your life and you will soar. I know it. Wow. What multiple mic drops that you ended with, Fram. And I know based on this, the excitement and energy coming out of here, you've certainly found your calling as president of the Cal State University Fullerton. 
on behalf of our 29,000 students and our 7,000 podcast listeners. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to be here. And I look forward to you guys sending us all your great students. We love them.